House come to order if members can take their seats. This budget is a huge job maker, and the number one solution to economic insecurity is a job. Hungry children can't learn, and it's our responsibility to try to help. Equality and opportunity. I believe most people are here because they want to do some good. Welcome to Capital Ideas. If this is your first time to try out this podcast, it's where members of the Majority Democratic Caucus and the Washington State House of Representatives sit down at the Capitol and talk about ideas. We're not at the Capitol, of course. We're scattered here and there, staring at computer screens, forgetting to mute and unmute. Today, we're going to meet Representative Tara Simmons. Tara is a Democrat from East Bremerton, sent to virtual Olympia by the fine people of the 23rd Legislative District. As we record this, she's wrapping up her 99th day as a Washington State Representative. Tara is an attorney, a former nurse, and a familiar face at the Capitol from her years of advocacy for laws designed to extend the American dream to communities that haven't always been at the front of the line, including persons formerly or currently incarcerated. If you come to this conversation knowing anything about Tara, you probably know that she's thought to be the first person elected to the legislature after having been incarcerated. But if that's all you know, stick around. You're about to meet one of the most interesting people you're likely to hear from in a good while. In her first term in the House, she's serving as vice chair of the Civil Rights and Judiciary Committee and also sits on the Health Care and Wellness, Public Safety, and Rules Committees. Now, finally, here's the conversation that we recorded on Monday, April 19th, 2021. Welcome, Representative Tara Simmons. I'm really happy to have you here on Capital Ideas. It's been a, a long time coming. Yes, I'm happy to be here with you, Dan. This is your first session, and I know you pretty well now. We've worked together for a few months on a pretty intense basis, but I know that there are people who don't have any idea who you are. So have you got kind of an elevator speech about who Tara Simmons is? Yeah, well, I am a Bremerton native. I'm a mother of three beautiful children. I am an attorney, uh, a nonprofit director, a former registered nurse, and a civil rights activist. That's kind of the surface of who I am, but I'm also, I think, bringing a unique perspective to this legislature as the first formerly incarcerated person to enter the legislature. I'm in long-term recovery. I'll have 10 years in September and really trying to lift up uh, a vulnerable population that's kind of not had a lot of representation in Olympia uh, prior to me getting here. It's a population that's talked about a lot, usually by people who have at the very most, of distant knowledge and relationship to any of those folks. Yeah, and I think that, you know, my colleagues are have been so welcoming and warm, and I think that for a long time, people have a heart for the, the population that I represent, but maybe don't really understand how things play out in implementation and the policies that they're creating really impact lives. And so I'm trying to illuminate those conversations and have been well-received and, and very grateful for the opportunity to, to uh, serve my neighbors. I know you've been really well-received on the Democratic side, but what I was a little bit surprised by, and this may say as much about me as it does about anybody, is that you've gotten on on more than one occasion some pretty nice compliments from your 
Republican colleagues as well. Yeah, I think that the issues that I've faced throughout my life are issues that people of all um, political affiliations definitely face. And, you know, whether you come to this work because you care about racial equity or you come to this work because you care about the power of redemption and a lot of second chance philosophies are grounded in Christianity. And, you know, I come to this work through a merge of all of that and through my lived experiences. And I, I have been very surprised and grateful for the support that I've received from both sides of the aisle. Speaking of your colleagues in the legislature, this has been a really weird session. Obviously, it's the first time in history that there's been a remote session where there's been very little, if any, face-to-face contact among members. You're a new member. There's a lot of other new members. How many people have you met out of your 97 House colleagues actually in person? I've met, you know, most of them in person before I joined the legislature because I was an advocate uh, working down in Olympia and helping to pass legislation around my particular area of expertise. So I, I had met a lot of them in person prior to joining the legislature. And, you know, I've been trying to not be shy and just pick up the phone and call folks and build those relationships given the circumstances we're in. But I will say I'm looking forward to when we can come together and maybe eat a meal in the Dome Deli, or I heard that there's some ca- kind of cafeteria for members. Uh, and I, I'm looking forward to those days as well. You did come to the legislature with a whole lot more legislative experience than a lot of people who might be city council members or the the head of their local school board or something like that. Because of your advocacy over the last several years, you've had other experience here, including your, your Supreme Court suit that you were victorious in. But I don't think anything can prepare a person for something they've never been. What has been the most surprising thing that you have noticed in your three and a half months now as state lawmaker? One of the most surprising things that I've noticed is the amount of support and staff and how really the staff are the brains behind this whole operation down here. Uh, I, I didn't know, you know, I've been feeling a lot like this is Disneyland for policy nerds. And we have an incredible amount of support staff, both from the Office of uh, Program Research, which are the nonpartisan staff, and then our own caucus staff. I feel like I haven't really got to cultivate those relationships as much as I would like to in this virtual session and really utilize the resources given to us um, to the maximum level that I could to be even more effective. So I think really recognizing who are the movers and shakers that aren't seen and building relationships with them is something that I'm really excited about also. Put on your your nurse hat for a minute and tell me something. What do you think the 2022 session is going to be like? Are we going to be all 100% in person by January of 2022? I am very hopeful for that. You know, I've already received my first vaccine dose, and I I do feel confident that we're going to get this vaccine rolled out very quickly in the next um, few months, and we're going to be able to be safely able to come back together. Have you started working on legislation for 2022 yet? You've had some pretty good success with your first year's legislation. 
a few of those maybe that didn't make it will roll over, but are you already working on next year's bills? I am to some degree, and then I had some bills that didn't pass this year that are still alive, so I'll keep working on those. One of my bills actually was dealing with court fines and fees, and I saw that um, Senator Sheldon actually introduced a very similar bill just today, so I'm excited to work with him. Um, We both care about this particular topic, and there again, I want to build those relationships across the aisle and even across the chambers. And if he is well positioned to run this bill next year, um, you know, I'm going to be happy to support him. Uh, But I am really looking forward to as we open up, I think in the next few weeks, I'm actually going to go down to meet with military families, in particular the Nimitz who were away for 11 months and we're doing a joint resolution to honor them. Uh, and I, I want to hear from my constituents and find out what they want me to prioritize. You know, some of the things that I've been able to do for my district aren't in the legislation that I've passed. It's been in the budget as well, supporting our environment and conservation projects and our transportation projects. And the only way I'm going to know what we need is if I get out there and actually meet with my constituents and hear more ideas so I can be a good representative. So I'm looking forward to the interim. So you've had success. You've had, I suppose, some difficult times during that period also. But what have you found to be, either before or after you were sworn in as a legislator, the most satisfying experience? Not necessarily the biggest surprise or the the biggest high, but just the most satisfying experience that you've had here? Well, I will say, I think still, even though, you know, this year we passed, you know, a gigantic bill around restoring the voting right for people coming out of prison, which was very satisfying. I will say, though, as an advocate and somebody who had very little power, there was a couple of really satisfying times. The first time I ever testified on a bill, I actually testified to now Speaker Jenkins. She was the chair of the Civil Rights and Judiciary Committee, and I was so nervous, and I had to write out my testimony on note cards, and I was very, very timid and afraid. It was the first time I ever shared my story, and I was testifying about something that was harming me at that particular moment in time, which was the collection efforts of my legal financial obligations. And to find out that I, you know, when I testified, I told her I was a Seattle University law student and I was getting really good grades. I I think I told her my GPA was, you know, around 3.8 or something. Just the response that I got from her, she says, well, I will tell you as a fellow SU alum, um, you were the people that held up the curve for people like me. She made me feel so welcomed and encouraged, and that's what started my advocacy. And I thought elected officials were these really supreme beings, and they were untouchable, and you had to bow to them. And to find out that folks really had big hearts and that they were people too changed something inside of me and made me want to come back and and get engaged and keep um, sharing my story. And so that was really satisfying. And another thing was just my my now seatmate, Drew Hansen, getting to know him and his love for all people and the way that he walked through the New Hope Act with us and my all of my friends and our coalition for two years and didn't give up and the amount of hours he put in for us was really satisfying. So I would say, you know, getting to know some of my colleagues before I, I got here 
and knowing their heart has really given me the the trust in them and the strength and courage to keep going. One of the key things that you are involved with now, sort of as the session is coming to a close, one of the biggest issues of the session has come to a head, which is dealing with the Blake decision by the state Supreme Court, which basically threw out Washington's drug possession laws. You're on, you're on the brain trust now that is tasked with coming up with a solution to this and quickly. What's going on? Yeah, well, thank you for asking that. Um, you know, the Blake decision is really important to me as well. Uh, the Supreme Court cited to my legal research, my law review article in its decision. And, you know, I'm a person who does have a drug possession on my record. And in my day job, um, you know, we help people clear their records and their legal financial obligations. And so this is a really pivotal moment in our Washington state history on how we're going to move forward to help people and not hurt them. I see the collateral consequences of the criminal record playing out in people's lives every single day. To this day, I can't go on a field trip with my kids. I have family members in recovery who, uh, you know, friends in recovery who have, have 15, 20 years and can't adopt their grandchildren because of a felony drug possession. Um, and so, you know, we're really working hard to try to not um, hurt people to help them. And right now, today, we had a hearing on a striker of, um, you know, Senator Dingra's bill, which I strongly support. And it's really about building up the infrastructure to help engage people, to proactively help people instead of being so reactionary with the criminal legal system. Uh, you know, it's going to come down to the wire. There is not um, any particular policy that everyone is, uh, you know, agreeing on. And so we are trying to really quickly educate our colleagues and also build the policy in a way that is um, reducing punitive measures because we know that has not worked. And instead, building quickly a proactive response to substance use disorder and engaging people. This drug issue is impacting so many lives across political spectrums. Again, I really am encouraged. I hope we can come to consensus and get something supportive out into the, to the community before session ends. This is the point in the podcast at which I would normally say, You've got to go here in a minute, and is there anything we haven't touched on that you would like me to ask you about? I don't even think you have time for that. So what I'm going to say is I wish we had more time, and what that means to me is that I'm going to have to call you back, and we're going to have to do this again. But for now, let me say thank you, Representative Tara Simmons. Tara, I have really enjoyed having you on Capital Ideas. I wish we'd done it sooner, and let's do it again very quickly. Thank you. Sounds good, Dan. Thank you. And that is Representative Tara Simmons, and it won't be the last you hear of her. But while you're waiting for her next appearance, why not subscribe to Capital Ideas on Apple Podcasts, on SoundCloud, or wherever you go these days when you want to hear a fine podcast. This is your state government, and what goes on here matters. The more you know about how it works, the better it can work for you, the people you love, and for everyone else. I'm Dan Frizzell for the Washington State House Democrats, putting people first since 1889. Thanks for listening.